Beware, spoiler phobes. The hand is a foot, a fist. This is confusing. This week, we're returning to the Marvel Netflix Defenders universe to observe the case of Danny Rand, a billionaire thought dead in a plane crash. But wait, he's been alive for 15 years in a mystical city where everyone hates him because a dragon gave him the powers of the immortal weapon Iron Fist. Join us as we talk about 13 episodes of history's worst Iron Fist finding his way in New York. We'll go full spoiler, but that doesn't mean as much for this superhero property as it does for others. Let's hashtag get fisted. Hello and welcome to Storm of Spoilers off-season tour. My name is Dave Gonzalez, Prince of Orphans. My name is Joanna Robinson, dog brother. And I'm Neil Miller, and I'm the tiger's beautiful daughter. You sure are, buddy. Yeah. I get a sweet gold mask, though, so (laughs) take that. We're all, of course, different immortal weapons from the Marvel Comics universe because we are discussing the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Netflix universe. So it's not cinematic. Marvel Netflix universe. The, the MNU. Wow, that's, that couldn't be more difficult to say. The MNU is totally Marvel, something we're talking about. The Marvel Televisionary. No, it's not, it's not even the television universe because it's stupid other shows. Why don't you say The Defenders? The Defenders. It's the fourth <laughs> series in The Defenders that takes as long to get to its point as we are now. Iron Fist, which we will be discussing and uh, have discussed previously on other podcasts before, but now we've seen it. So now, according to Finn Jones, uh, whatever we say about it is going to be justified, right? Maybe. Yes, I always let Finn Jones be my guiding star. It's, but are we know. fans or are we critics? Like, did they make this for us or not? Uh, oh, that's a good point. We sort of like ride the line in between. But I guess we'll find out after, of course, we figure out what you guys have to say about our show. Did a live show and uh, got to see some of your beautiful faces. But the other way we get to hear about you if we don't see your beautiful faces because you didn't like get a South by Southwest badge and get to Austin would be through reviews on iTunes. Joanna, do we have any reviews this week? We do. A lot of them... They're all a lot about me, and I don't like to read me reviews, but this is what we have. I so thought here we the, go. by your tone, you're going to be like, and they're all bad, so... No, they're all nice. Okay. Uh, everyone's so nice. This is by Marcus, 330, five stars, long live the Joannaverse. Yes. And it says, I entered the Joannaverse long ago when she started popping up in guest spots on favorites of mine, like Talking TV with Ryan and Ryan, the Slash Home cast, and Fighting in the War Room. I long wanted to listen to Storm of Spoilers, especially after, especially after hearing her excellent chemistry with fellow pod maester Dave Gonzalez on the Gone Too Soon Thought Bubble podcast. But I was sadly too much of a spoiler phobe to ever tow into those waters. Thank God for the off-season tour. Your pop culture deep dives have quickly become an obsession of mine, so much so that I'm starting to dread the return of Game of Thrones because I don't want to lose one of my favorite podcasts. That leads me to my question. Exactly how spoilery do you guys get now that you have no secret book knowledge left to inform your theories and expectations? I don't want to give up. I don't want to give you guys up, but I don't like knowing what will happen next. Am I doomed to misery either way in tarot bang crying face emoji? P.S. Any chance of a Spider-Verse-esque crossover where all the Joannas from all the podcast universes team up to defeat her greatest foe, David Ehrlich? I don't think David Ehrlich. I don't think David Ehrlich is my greatest foe, but um, oh wow, I'd have to think. Who is Joanna's greatest foe? I mean, I know who it is. Like, yeah, you know, you know who my nemesis just, is. But we, we, don't, we don't need to talk. We about won't. It. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, was an inside so, joke. Like, yeah, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, but to answer Marcus 330's question, we are very spoilery and like we've actually even had people who like spoilers complain about how spoilery we get. So I would not want to sort of like lead anyone by the nose, but, uh, you know, I will channel Dave right now and say, 
don't worry about it. Spoilers are fun. They enhance, yeah. not ruin. And if you stick around, you'll see me get all up my own butt about that at some point because it happens every year. Someone's like, I'm going to get off ship because you guys accurately predicted meh. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. You'll, you'll enjoy it. If you just enjoy the general chemistry, I feel like there's a lot of storm spoilers during Game of Thrones this season you're going to like because we have a vague idea of what's going to happen, but so much execution. So much about execution this year. So many polygons. So many polygons. <laughs> uh, and with that, we move on to our third pre-Iron Fist segment. No matter how much you dread it, it just keeps coming. But first, Neil with, we talked about this already, Neil, some Game of Thrones stuff this week since uh, the last time we spoke in person? Yes, I have what you might call a plethora of notes. Wow. Yes. A couple things. Guys, we need to talk seriously for a second. Con of Thrones, rapidly approaching. End of June, I'm told. Uh, I'm also told that I need to book my plane ticket. This will be week 35 in a row that I've mentioned that. Still haven't done it. Going to do it. I am going to be there. Trust me. Uh, anyway, conofthrones.com. I know they were uh, opening up some more hotel rooms within the last couple of weeks. It sounds like everything's going great. And it's going to be super fun, happy, fun time with a bunch of nerds. So get there if you can. Um, I'm going to say a couple things about this. First, I just went through like a lot of the or all of the panel submission ideas from fans, which you can do right now at conathrones.com if you have, want to submit a panel idea. If you want to give a presentation or get a group of friends together to talk about something, be it banking like Dave or oh religion God, like <laughs> or religion like Dave or polygons like Dave or whatever it is Neil likes to talk about. I'm going to be like attending you. a lot of these theoretical panels. <laughs> You can uh, you can sort of come up with your idea. I, I was saying this earlier on Twitter. I was kind of disappointed by how few Storm Spoilers listeners I recognized on the list of submissions. So I know you guys. I know you love talking endlessly about Game of Thrones. This is the perfect opportunity to do so. So you should go submit a panel idea at conofthrones.com. Secondly, I'm just going to dangle this in front of you. Something that came up today while we were talking about panel ideas and events and stuff like that. I'm just going to drop one word. Nope. Uh, four words. Game of Thrones burlesque. <laughs> Deal with it. Absorb it. Move on. Oh, I, yeah, so I'm I'm in to host that. If you mm. need a host. If we need a burlesque host, I will let you know. Yeah, I don't do burlesque. But right, I, we would we we would leave that to the professionals of right. Nashville. We should yes. probably leave that to people who know what they're doing and look yes, good exactly. in burlesque clothes. Uh, cool. So conofthrones.com, that's where you can get all that information. Make sure you join us. It's going to be super fun, especially now that we know that we're okay at live shows. So, uh, you know, it, what could go wrong? Um, <laughs> yeah, we practiced on some Texas randos before we decided. Yes. Um, also, make sure you go to wondery.com slash survey and keep taking the survey. If you haven't taken the survey, you guys know the whole thing. Anyway, let's get to the important stuff. The notes from... South by Southwest. Actually, <laughs> that might be me skipping ahead. One quick note, uh, Game of Thrones thing not related to South by Southwest is I found out via Watch on the Wall today that there isn't a song of Ice and Fire tabletop game coming with like little miniatures and stuff. It's going to be on Kickstarter later this year. We will tweet the link when it's available. I think that's awesome. Anyway, back to the South by Southwest notes. A few things that we learned, because after we did our live show at South by last last week? Yeah, last week. That was last week. <laughs> um, we all went our separate ways, and I went over to the convention center to take part, or <laughs> I say take part like I was involved in some way, to sit there and watch Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams host a panel with a uh, David Benioff and uh, Dan Weiss, and they revealed a couple of things. I mean, most of the time, uh, like we've seen at Comic-Con, they don't ever really say anything interesting at these sorts of panels, but if you follow us on Twitter, you'll know that I was super live-tweeting this, and it was uh, there were a couple interesting things. One, the musical guest, background guest this year will be Ed Sheeran, which, okay. <laughs> so for all you... I, what is Ed Sheeran? He's a pop star, right? He's a pop person. Yeah, he's an uh, he's a diminutive ginger Irish pop star. Oh, he did that. I'll build you a Lego house song, right? Possibly, maybe. The um, only one I know is called Galway Girl. 
that's it. Okay. Uh, so I don't really know a whole lot about Ed Sheeran. What I do know is that Maisie Williams is a huge Ed Sheeran fan and that uh, D. Weiss and Benioff wanted to uh, get him on the show as kind of a surprise for Maisie for ye- a number of years. And finally, they got to do it this year. A um, couple of actual consequential things uh, other than, I mean, wouldn't it be fun if Ed Sheeran just like died in the background? I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, the If it's good enough for Mastodon, it's good enough for That's Ed true. Sheeran. Um, hopefully Macedon will come back as like whites or something. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, they did announce the writing assignments for season eight, which reveals a couple of things. One, there is only going to be six episodes, uh, which was previously sort of reported and rumored, but not confirmed. So this confirms that uh, season eight will finish with a flurry of six episodes. Uh, the writing order will be Dave Hill doing the first one, Brian Cogman, our old buddy. Uh, doing the second one, and then Weiss and Benioff are going to write the final four episodes of the series. So there's that. Uh, and then the final note, which I found funny, this was just more of an awkward moment during the panel when they were talking about uh, hair color and why they sort of freaked out before the season started filming about Sophie Turner's hair being um, blonde and how they had to I guess the the makeup and costume people told them that they couldn't dye her hair because it would ruin her hair. They couldn't dye it red or whatever. And um, it led to this comment where Maisie Williams said, "It's be- the reason why she's blonde is because she's dead now in the show. And it kind of came off as one of those moments that could be just a joke. But it also, the way that Weiss and Benioff just sort of like looked around a little bit um, I don't know. I am normally a good reader of body language when people are like telling the truth or lying. And I always assume that if they're going to say anything like that on a Game of Thrones panel, n- not in the middle of the season, then it's they're lying. But yeah. it was just this, well, this weird moment where it was like, wait, wait, what did she say? And then they were like, oh, don't worry. These people won't tell anyone. Yeah. You never know so, because like that happened with Rogue One where like one of the actors at like the first ever oh, Rogue Donnie One Yen. panel was yeah. like... <laughs> And, you know, Donnie when Yen, he dies. Yeah. Donnie Yen's just like, yeah, so when I die, <laughs> this person gets really sad, and that's what, like, really get. And I was just like, so I actually thought Donnie Yen was going to die at, like, the beginning of the movie. He yeah, wasn't like, right when I end. die, and all of us die all at the same time. Sorry, spoilers for Rogue One, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was, just, it was a fascinating moment, because it, I think it caught... Uh, why so many off by surprise whether it's a true thing or not a true thing they, for a second they were like wait what <laughs> um that's like uh, i okay here's what i'll say i will say neil is a very astute reader of body language and he's the one who interpret correctly interpreted the ed sheeran news before like while other people were still incorrectly reporting it mm. so i'm inclined to believe what you see in the room so if turner has said that she's going back to film game of thrones after she's done filming x-men so she has said she's going to be back for season eight but we know they all lie so that's fine um and i think the reason her hair is blonde is she was doing this other movie because they've dyed her hair like sort of relentlessly in the yeah, past. Yeah, I think it was like a long way of saying that she had to. They had to put a wig on her for season yeah. seven. Right, right. So, so, um, so this. It, who knows? It it could. It actually would be fun if it came back to be one of those things that was like a little slip that no one took seriously and then turned out to be true. So just totally. put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. Watch the space. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> And that uh, that was really the only newsworthy stuff that came out of that panel. Otherwise, it, uh, I can say definitively that Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams are uh, charming. They're very charming. Um, and then the last thing in my segment is actually something that Joanna did. So this week, Joanna, uh, you had a chat with a member of the Game of Thrones cast, did you not? Sure did. Um... What? <laughs> As you uh, who listen to this podcast know, um, I spoke with my favorite Game of Thrones cast member this week, which would be Ian Glenn, uh, aka Sir Jorah Dreamboat, and um, that's his that's his name, right? Yep. Of House Dreamboat. Okay, right, cool. And um, well, he's a free agent now, so I'm just gonna tease <laughs> that he used the phrase 
difficult sexual pickle in our interview. And you can read the rest on VanityFair.com when it goes up, I believe, next Monday. That's fantastic. So there you go. That's the thing that happened to me today. And if that isn't Game of Thrones spoiler news, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please please feel free to speculate wildly the context for difficult sexual pickle. For there being Um, a difficult sexual pickle. mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I just got that. What, what like there being it... a pick, like like yeah. the baseball pickle analogy? Yeah, it's in a pickle. Yeah. Oh, is that is that less is that less fun? Like you? No, nope. oh, it's think still, it was just like it's still fun. It's still fun. Just, yeah. Still now fun. I can figure it out. Now I figure I can figure out the context. Hello. Good. I think that's as deep as you're going to have to go for the rest <laughs> of this episode because we are talking about Marvel Netflix's Iron Fist, which. I, you know, know some things occasionally about Marvel productions. Didn't know anything plot-wise about this, but throughout the production of Daredevil season, yeah, Daredevil season two, or Jessica Jones, or Luke Cage, uh, the word on the street was the Iron Fist room was having trouble breaking this character. And <laughs> at least for me, I don't think they ever actually got there before they started filming. Uh, this has, of course, been amplified by uh, the creator and uh, Finn jo- or the showrunner and Finn Jones both uh, having gone on record in recent days with some weird, possibly insensitive comments about uh, the did- casting of uh, Danny Rand as a white savior in Iron Fist. What did the showrunner say? Oh, he said that today. Something that included... No, oh, no that was not, the creator. It, that's the, comic that's the Yeah, it's the original comic creator. Okay, good. Just the creator. So I was right when I said creator, wrong when I said showrunner. Showrunner's fine, <laughs> except he's running the, uh, what, the Inhumans, which is coming out later this year, and uh, doesn't seem to really know about pacing uh, superhero shows. At least I can't tell... From Iron Fist, which spends its first six episodes uh, being boring and then is a little bit about the uh, Foot Clan from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that recruits uh, (laughs) children up the street (laughs) and then uh, ends with uh, like a boardroom drama that turns violent and not like a ton of superhero stuff in Iron Fist. But I, I will say that for me, its biggest crime was just that it was boring. I don't. I think it managed to sidestep being outright offensive for the most part. Uh, I think any time it, you know, Danny Rand. I think they accidentally created a character of privilege, but didn't know how to use that character of privilege to amplify their story at all. Uh, he just kind of sort of sat there, not growing. Uh, who wants to take this hot potato? Of an iron fist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say that, um, you know, um, we should clarify that. So it was Roy Thomas who originally created the Iron Fist character in the seventies, um, who's like 76 himself said this thing, um, at inverse.com. Uh, don't these people have something better to do than to worry about the fact that Iron Fist is an Oriental or whatever word? I know Oriental isn't the right word now <laughs> either. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, like your old racist grandpa. Well, that's what I'm saying. What, when, like, the headline sort of made it seem exactly what Dave thought, which is that it's a showrunner. They say, like, Iron Fist creator. And I think a lot of people thought that meant showrunner, but it's really like, you know, a, a racist grandpa comic book writer. Uh, he was like Marvel editor in chief for like, a, two years 74 to 76 something like that and then maybe they were like this guy uses the word oriental we should get rid of him but um anyway that guy said that thing like a racist grandpa would uh jessica henwick who played colleen wing um danny's sort of love interest uh got on twitter and said the word oriental is for rugs not for humans um so at least i know when i can use it appropriately Yes. Also ramen, I think. Ramen. Top ramen and rugs. That's it. Got it. Um, Thank you, Jessica Henwick. (laughs) Jessica Henwick uh, is, I thought, the best part of Iron Fist this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think Dave's right that it's not just boring. It's, it'll, Iron Fist also suffers from something we've talked about with Luke Cage. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if we were doing this when Jessica Jones came out. I don't think so, but, um, 
the the it's too long syndrome means really they have like three arcs that they're trying to do in one season and none of it really coheres beautifully for Iron Fist. Um, it's a muddle. It's a mess. And and yeah, Danny Rand's I think biggest uh, crime is how bland he is. Like um, more like Danny Bland. Nailed it, nailed it, yes. Neil. Um, so I just I don't know like how why I'm supposed to care about this guy. He comes he comes to New York as like the stereotype of every white guy who's ever been to Thailand. It's really upsetting. Um, that's not to say that like you can't have a white guy do kung fu. And I actually think that. Um, they cast this actor, actor Sasha Dewan. I might have mispronounced his name, but he's a British actor of Indian descent to play his character Davos, not from Game of Thrones, who shows up in the back quarter of the season. And he's like Danny's, uh, was like Danny's close friend at the, at the monastery where they trained together. And his, his idea is sort of like he should have been the Iron Fist and Danny kind of stole, the, I think this is my interpretation. He should have been the Iron Fist. He was more worthy. And Danny kind of stole the Iron Fist power from a dragon in a cave. And, um, if that actor had been like Chinese, I think that could have been even more interesting. It's just interesting to me that they cast a British actor of Indian descent when like you have ripe for the picking this and in the comics, that character is sort of depicted as more, you know, Chinese looking. Um, you have a real opportunity to talk about appropriation. Like this is my culture. You white person came in and took it and took the ultimate sort of power from this place. Um, and you're frittering away and you suck as, as Dave was like sort of talking to me, everyone in the show kind of comments on how Danny Rand is the worst iron fist. So yeah, those are some scattered iron fist thoughts. Neil. Yeah. I have thoughts. All right. Couple of things. One, the, yeah, so the whole controversy thing. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, One is that, I don't know, it it doesn't, it it wouldn't be a problem for me. Uh, Like Joanna said, if if the show was just better, um, or if Finn Jones was like a great Iron Fist and was amazing on this show and had a, you know, a really great presence, um... I think that I saw somewhere in the press where Scott Buck, the creator or the showrunner, said something like it's going to take multiple seasons for him to really become Iron Fist. And it's like, yeah, that's that's not the journey I want to go on with this character. Like, I want him to, like, be the Iron Fist. Like, that's my expectation for the character was he comes back and he's sure he looks like the dude who just got back from his summer abroad. But, like, he also is a total badass and that's why everything's okay. Um, but we don't get that, and um, I think that the show will be punished for not because <laughs> I, I I read the, I read an article um, on Slash Film today about they were talking about how they almost cast Lewis Tan, who Lewis Tan is in the show. He plays the sword guy, the badass sword dude. They almost this was a this is an interview on Vulture. Yes, com, an interview on Vulture, yeah. um, and so. If they had cast someone like Lewis Tan to be Iron Fist, that would have made it more interesting, but I still don't know if it would be a good show. You know, I think the show has more problems than just its one. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I agree with that completely. I, I like, I, I think that some people are worried that the harsh, uh, critical feedback is entirely inspired by, uh, the race controversy, if you want to call it that. Um, I don't think that's the case. I really do think that the show has problems in and of itself. I agree with Neil completely on that. <clears throat> and the Lewis Tan thing is sort of like, I don't know about, I don't know if almost cast is accurate. He said he read for the role. Um, and a bunch of people I've talked to today about that have said that um, it, it smacks to them of the kind of thing that Netflix would do to say that they did it, but not something that they ever really intended to pursue. So, um, you know, Lewis Tan, from Lewis Tan's perspective, he read for the role of Danny, didn't get it, and got this villain character instead. Um, but maybe Netflix never really intended to have, like, a half-Chinese actor um, playing the role. But um, Alex Young, who uh, 
is the one who conducted the interview on Vulture, had previously written a post about why he thought Danny should be Asian or should be at least half Asian. And it was sort of about this, which I think is a really interesting, I agree, I think a more interesting story to tell, which is about... um either an Asian American who had no connection to sort of his like, um, quote unquote original culture or like a half Asian American who also has no, no connection to his non-white culture and sort of, uh, cause that's true of a lot of Asian Americans that they just like consider themselves American and don't really know much about like sort of maybe generations back where their family came from. And so to, to have someone who feels like an outsider, no matter where they go, um, which is true sometimes of the, of Asian Americans and, and half Asians. Um, then to have Danny sort of explore that where he doesn't feel at home in Kunlun and he doesn't feel at home back in New York and he doesn't know what to do. Like that is fascinating and interesting versus Danny Bland, as Neil said so beautifully, <laughs> like just being like, oh, my parents are dead, which is a story we've seen so many times in superhero stories. Yeah. So. Um, and I think uh, another big thing, more of a, more of just a show quality thing that that bothered me a little bit because I think in the end Iron Fist will go down as being fine. Like it's not, it's it's very, it's it's definitely not the best of the uh, what five? We've had five, right? This is yeah. the fourth yep. hero, but the fifth season. Um, I mean, it's probably just going to be the below average one. Um, but I think that you know, you mentioned Dave mentioned Scott Buck, who's the showrunner of this he's moving on to the inhumans which means that we're getting doug petrie and marco ramirez back for the defenders who did daredevil season one which i think the one thing that iron fist lacks that is very important is atmosphere and um i'm trying to think of a good way to put this but it's the the atmosphere that daredevil season one had and sort of the there was an intimacy to the way the action was shot that Iron Fist just doesn't have it. and I get it that it's kung fu and it's meant to be slower um, but also you know you think back to some of the great kung fu movies of all time um, you think back to like Bruce Lee and things like that there was so much charisma and character and intimacy with the characters during these fight scenes um, you know I think of uh, Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon walking through the House of Mirrors uh, and granted that's like the top of the mountain that's the the Kunlun of Kung Fu movies, but <laughs> you get none of that with Iron Fist. Like the, the action sequences with the exception of the Colleen wing on her own stuff. Yeah. Her cage them, fight. Most of them are the, you know, the courtyard Dorn battle in game of Thrones. It's like yeah. wide <laughs> shots, super clunky. It's just slow. Yeah. And slow is fine for that fighting style, but the, you got to do something with, you got to do something to make that interesting. Like, Come on, like you guys couldn't have watched like a couple of Donnie Yen movies? Like, what's going well, on a, here? That's a, like that was one of my favorite shots that Lewis Tan took. Like, who is, uh, I mean, more open than I think a lot of actors would be in that interview he gave Vulture? Because I think most actors would think that they shouldn't say what he said uh, because it would like ruin their chances to get future work. So it was always interesting when I, when, you know, like Cal Penn recently started like tweeting out all the terrible roles that he was offered early in his career. Um, but Lewis Tan said, uh, you know, I'm trained so I could do my own fights. <laughs> you know, it's like something he said, and he did look good when he shows up as, as a villain um, later on the season. Um into the Badlands is an AMC show that I would not recommend for plot in any way, but it is um, a really oh, like one of the most example. beautiful uh, fight scenes. I love that show for its fight scenes. Um, and the lead actor whose name I'm looking up right now, Daniel Wu, Daniel Wu knows what the fuck he's doing. So Actual like, you Asian know, person. Actual Asian person who trained, like, actually, he's from Oakland, California, but he trained, like, in in martial arts his entire life. So, like, sorry, actual you know, Asian American person. <laughs> so he, like, you know, he knows what he's. I mean, he he knows what he's doing, and like, um, and as as I think Dave pointed out to me, I think it was you, Dave. You were talking about how the advan the advantage they had in Daredevil season one which remains my favorite season um, and and remains my favorite fight scene, that hallway fight scene, is that if you've got a guy in a black mask, you can substitute in a stunt double really easily. 
Um, right. Instead of blonde pubic hair wig, which <laughs> becomes very obvious. <laughs> right. So Charlie Cox didn't have to learn to fight that well um, for, for Daredevil because he had that, he was masked the whole time, almost the entire time. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a real problem. There's ways to shoot around it. Like there's this, there's that fight sequence toward the end of Iron Fist where, uh, it's him and both Rosario Dawson and Jessica Henwick are in the scene fighting and they just, they did a good job of shooting around the two actresses because they have long hair. So you can kind of, the hair gets in the way. We saw a lot of this with uh, Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde, yeah. Where it's like, you put a long enough blonde wig on anybody and they could be Charlize Theron. Um, you make one of her signature moves pulling up her turtleneck for no reason, then it could be anyone. <laughs> right. So uh, it, it, is, it, it is fascinating that they chose to really put so much of the action on Finn Jones when Finn Jones is does just out of place. And I think... It's interesting because one of the questions we have from a listener at Forrest Jenkins uh, that I've been mulling over while we've been talking about this is, can this be saved? And I think that is one of the right questions, maybe. Um, but the better question is, does it does it matter? Like, does does the fact that Iron Fist season one is not great matter in the grand scheme of things? I don't think it does. One, because we're getting better showrunners for the Defenders. Two, because they can sort of make him a side character when it comes to the action. Hopefully. I don't know. Um, well, it, it doesn't matter for the... It matters less for the Defenders. I mean, it would be great in the Defenders if the Defenders just, like, spent the whole time making fun of him, which I doubt they will do, but that would be the best. I don't know how much it matters for the Defenders, except there is a theory about Sigourney Weaver's and character in the Defenders. What's her? Th- that, what's the theory? That she might be Danny Rand's mother. Um, oh well, yeah, they did make a big deal about him thinking his mother was still alive. But um, I don't know how much it matters to the defenders. But uh, you know, the show, both the showrunner and Finn Jones are basically like threatening us with future seasons of Iron Fist. And I feel like Netflix, the Netflix defender shows at this point are too big to fail in terms of like, I know so many people who, I mean, that's why I wrote the post that I did on vanityfair.com this week, which is like everything you need to know about Iron Fist without actually watching Iron Fist because I, I talked to so many people who are watching it just so that they could know what would happen to the defender. So I bet, you know, Netflix is never going to tell us, they don't tell their ratings. They're never tell us how many people watched, but I bet they got enough eyeballs on this that they're going to do an Iron Fist season two. And I just think that sucks that there are so many other interesting stories to tell and we're going to get fucking Danny Rand again. Yeah, like, like, I guess uh, what I don't understand is why they need to do that, because there's so many other ways you could like, why can't there be Luke Cage season two with Danny Rand where it's sure. like they're like the, the team that they are, that they've been in the comics or why can't there be a daughters of the dragon show? Or I, I don't know. I just feel like, um, there isn't Marvel does this where they do that. they, they get the sequels to the movies that they think the brand is strong. Like they made Iron Man a strong brand and then they kept making Iron Man movies, even though we really didn't need Iron Man movies at that point. So it's like, why not do something interesting that people aren't going to be clamoring for another season of Iron Fist. So why not do something? uh, Right. But I think they're just going to do it, you know? And like, um, I'm sorry, Dave. I feel like we're talking too much and you're not. And like, no, this no, is com- this is all good, comic though. book stuff. But like, <laughs> sort of. The, the thing about Iron, <laughs> the thing about Iron Man, and I will say uh, in, in the like pun department, like, Dave really hates that I'm referring to it as F.E. Fist emoji on Twitter. But <sighs> I know someone who's calling it Iron, <laughs> Iron Manos, and that really cracks me up too. <laughs> that's, see, that's, <laughs> that's, I like that. Okay, Iron Manos. Um, but uh, the reason we keep getting Iron Man movies is that they ex- make exponentially more money each time. So, like, you know, uh, your your mileage may vary on how much Tony Stark you can take, but there's an appetite for it in the movie going audience. And like I said, I just think that there were there were probably enough eyeballs on Iron Fist this weekend, um, even though there's a critical backlash for for it to get another season and. Yeah, as, as Neil mentioned, like my best of all possible worlds, I think, to salvage this 
would be to pivot to a Daughters of the Dragon series, which would involve Colleen Wing, Jessica Henwick's Colleen Wing, and Simone Missick's Misty Knight doing like some pairing up and solving of crimes and detecting. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a freaking delightful show to me. <laughs> like, and make Danny Rand a background character, you know? And, and Finn Jones wasn't terrible throughout. Like, like Dave said, his, his offense is that he's boring. So if you make him a secondary or tertiary character, um, and I'll be very curious to see what his chemistry is like with, with, um, the Luke Cage character, because, um, if he and Mike Coulter have really good chemistry, then exactly what, what Neil is saying, like, instead of Luke Cage season two and Iron Fish season two, maybe we get, you know, Heroes for Hire or something like that, you know, so. I would love Heroes for Hire and Daughters of the Dragon to split a single Heroes for Hire season. Just or as maybe well. do like eight episodes each. Or even, or even six. less, just like six, six, six each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love like, that idea. Make it like a the the team up, the street level team up show, and let these other heroes like. It's, it's what the only thing I'm worried about it is like even if the, we don't get an Iron Fist season two, all these plot lines that are teased at the end of Iron Fist are just going to infect other shows that Iron Fist has to show up on or the Hand has to show up on. I'm starting to get really sick of Marvel and their goddamn organizations with onion layers that never die. It's like, I, I don't know how often I could, you know, take redefinitions of a group that's under the same name and still, like, be expected to I, take them seriously. I really could not, like, gun to my head, I could not tell you what the Hand is or wants. I think some of them are good guys. No, like, I think they were lying when they said they were good oh, guys. Then they're bad guys. <laughs> but like, they but were the like ones war. digging the big hole in Daredevil season two, right? Yeah, but they're also in this, like, trying to take over the Rand Corporation to bring order, whatever that means. You know, like, it's very nebulous. It's whatever it needs to be. And the end of Iron Fist season one teases, uh, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, teases this comic book plotline of like, Madame Gao's probably crane mother from the comics turning Davos into um, a character called Steel Serpent because you've seen that Steel Serpent logo on her heroine and like he would be the big bad of Iron Fist season two but if we don't get Iron Fist season two do we still need to like make that Davos storyline go I don't know I don't because like the Davos storyline like um, the what's what was it the Cobra, whatever, or Diamond Head, whatever, the, the storyline in Luke Cage that comes in like the back quarter and you're like, what even is this? What is this? What am I watching now? What was I watching before? What am I watching now? Why aren't these seasons six or eight episodes? Why are they ever 13 episodes? And like, as someone pointed out to me on Twitter when I was bitching about episode length of the Marvel shows, the Marvel Netflix shows, they were like, either they need to be shorter or Marvel needs, Marvel Netflix shows need to learn how to do one-off episodes. Because, like, Buffy would do that, right? Like, you can have your big butt arching through the whole season, but, like, you also need to be able to do, you know, Jessica Jones solves this one thing in this episode, and that's what we're doing in this episode. Danny Rand you know? tries to get into a building like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's what's to set up all this other stuff, you know what I mean? So it was so funny when I was when I was writing that post for, for VF about, like, the essential things you need to know. I got almost all the way through without talking about the Meachams at all, because I don't think that the Meachams, who are, who is like this brother sister pair who are Danny's childhood friends and their father who is responsible for their parents' death, I don't think they're really that important for like the future of the franchise. Not really, you know? Like, I yeah, enjoy I like were... them from time to time, but like, not really. They and they were, were whatever. There to show the hands resurrection thing. Right, which is important, like, because that's, we're going to deal with that with Electra, like, Harold Meacham, who is David Wenham, who is Faramir, uh, who we've seen come back from the dead before in Lord of the Rings, basically, um, like, was a, resur- came back from the grave wronger than Jon Snow, sort of, like, resurrected figure, and presumably that's what's going to happen to Electra. so it was good that we, like, got that information, but, like, with, with Ward and Joy Meacham, like, they were whatever the plot needed to them to be at any given moment. They were either Danny's allies or his enemies at any given moment, depending on whatever the plot needed. And that's just terrible characterization. I kind of so. like the word Meacham character just as like a guy who is perpetually like, in like episode three or four, he's like, this is fucked up. And then like his character never gets out of that rut. I found entertaining. <laughs> 
No, I kind of liked him, but like how if you pluck him out, like they're just road bumps for Danny, basically. Like he didn't feel essential to Danny in any way. I mean, but he was more interesting than Danny when he was That's doing things. True. That's very true. Like so. Well, that's because they cast yeah. a better actor to play Ward than. I'm sorry. I like listen. Finn Jones, he's great. He should not tweet. Um, <laughs> uh, he, You're great. You should not tweet though. He was a great piece of Game of Thrones eye candy for many years before dying unceremoniously. Uh, I don't think he's a good actor. I'm sorry. Like I in this show it, in. Iron Fist, it's very easy to like draw a line in the middle and be like, here are the good actors, here are the not-so-good actors. And it's like, let's put Rosario Dawson and David Wenham and the dude who plays Ward, whose name I can't remember, and Jessica Henwick and Carrie Ann Moss, all on the side of the good actors. And then we get like... Uh, Finn Jones and the dude who played Bakudo, because like, whatever. Oh, um, yeah, what was it? <laughs> and we'll put them on that side, and there you go. Pretty easy. It's not. There's not a lot of gray area in this show. You have a couple of really good actors. There's no. There's really bad stuff. There's not a lot of gray area in this show in general. Like, yeah. I think it was like episode two. Like, Faramir's like, my father used to beat me with a belt and make me apologize for the effort. I miss him sometimes. And I'm like, Jesus just- Christ. And like several times Ward is like, we're not the bad guys. You're not the bad guy. I'm like, you are the bad guys. You're so know. obviously the bad guys. It, I feel like they needed those, the, the two Muppets, the bear and the creepy Muppet from the Muppet movie to be like, are we sure we're not the bad guys? Because <laughs> it feels like we're the bad guys. I feel like we're the bad guys. Um. I like calling him Faramir and or Zobby Faramir, but um, can we discuss how Ward's color ID for his father was Frank N. Stein for his resurrected father? Uh, oh, I did not notice that. Yeah. That yeah. Is, and then later Joy sees it and she's like, who's Frank Stein? I'm like, don't pretend like you didn't see the middle <laughs> initial. <laughs> you got to pronounce the N in Frank N. Stein. Frank N. Stein. Wow. The fucking worst. Real the on worst. the nose. <laughs> um, so anyway, I guess what this ultimately seals is that we don't need to watch the Inhumans um, because Scott Buck is moving on to the Inhumans. Uh, but it's going to be an IMAX. It's going to be a boring IMAX movie. No, it's an IMAX show. Isn't it a show? Well, it's like the the pilot is like a backdoor movie thing that they're showing in IMAX, and then I think the rest of it is on ABC. Oh, God. Here's, but Anson Mount. Sure, whatever. Oh, okay. um, here's what I, what I will say. There is one good action sequence in this show, and it's not the hallway sequence, because, listen, they've already done hallway sequences better in the Defenders universe. But the I want to know who directed the archival... 1948 Iron Fist. Yes. That stuff is actually pretty awesome. I want that version of the Iron Fist. Put Finn Jones' stunt double, put a stupid sock on his head like they did <laughs> in Daredevil Season 1, light up both of those fists because that actually is an awesome effect, and I have agree. him fight a bunch of dudes. So... Um, the double glowing fists and they were like flying furiously. Like that's the thing is like, well, actually I really love that scene. Cause I feel like Danny Rand's watching that footage being like, man, that iron fist is much better than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I am. Shitty that's an actual, fist. I am the shittiest iron fist. <laughs> um, he's, he's just the shittiest iron. But the other thing that's good about that, which I am amazed that the show like looks like it understands, but then didn't execute in the actual costume is he has the sash which was developed because they're a comic book character, so you want to show motion, like when he's flying through the air and spinning and stuff. But, like, even the opening credits have, you know, that goo person leaving, like, goo trails so we get to see the arc. And then Danny Rand never has anything to make his movement look cooler, which he could really use because his movement's not that cool. So it just seems like there are little design decisions like that. Or, yeah, put him in the Daredevil Season 1 mask, essentially, is what the Iron Fist mask is. So you could put somebody else in that show. Right, you but could that, even make it mildly yellow. Yeah. And people then I guess be like, oh, my God. The argument, I guess, I could hear the writer's room overthinking an argument here, which is like, but isn't our show about him embracing being Danny Rand and not the Iron Fist? No. Why would he wear the mask? 
I think you're anyway. uh, you're going a little too deep there, Iron Fist writers' room. Right. I hope they at least While went too deep. also not deep enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too deep and too shallow at once, guys. Ooh, man. We re- um, I think we really didn't like this show. Can I I I just want to revisit. I mean, and and you can there's an old Thought Bubble episode where Dave and I got kind of shouty about this sort of uh casting. Thought Bubble 39, Prepare for Civil War is what it's called. Um and I think it was sort of like one of our biggest fights we've ever had. I'm sorry you weren't there for that, Neil. But I'm, uh, I'm actually okay with it. We were talking about sort of representation. And like this is this is a question that a lot of people have asked me. They're like really confused. Actually, I think Neil, Neil asked me this when we were in Texas. They're confused why there's such a furor when Danny Rand has always been white in the comics. So it's not really whitewashing, right, if this is a character who is white. Is it cultural appropriation? Um right. You know, if a white guy does Kung Fu, like, you know, is all guys who do white guys who do Kung Fu, are they culturally, you know, it's the karate kid cultural appropriation, like whatever. Um, and, and, and sort of here's, here's my, here's my answer, which is it's, it's definitely not whitewashing. That's not what we would call this. And, um, but what it is, and, and I think this is how Lewis Tan put it is like, it's a missed opportunity. Um, the 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 writers were not under an obligation to make Danny Rand not white, but it, I think I really do think it would have been a better, more interesting story uh, to make him not white. And um, the optics of this '70s created character, like the '70s created character who is a white guy who does kung fu better than all the Asian people on the planet, like. That's, that's kind of a, that's a, that's a, like, that's a dated 70s message. Um, and, and so I, I think it would have been better if we gave that concept an update. And I think it would also be an opportunity to have an Asian American or Asian, like, lead in a big cop big, huge, splashy comic book adaptation. And that would be a really cool thing to have that we don't have. So that's why I think, uh, it's a, I would call it not whitewashing, but a missed opportunity. Um, I I agree. Um, I do think, yeah. So one, one of the problems I had all along with this, uh, entire, uh, the, the discussion around iron fist is one, people want to jump and call it whitewashing. That's not really what it is. And it's a person who likes semantics, uh, yeah, <laughs> I will. I will argue that because I think that there are situations where whitewashing happens that we need to call out for that. Uh, this uh, is us essentially, you know, and we're getting down a dangerous. You kind of in in the world of criticism, you get down a dangerous road of saying like you're criticizing the show for not being what you wanted it to be versus Shh. not executing what it does. So I think as long as we, you know, and, and I would say that I agree that by making say they cast Lewis Tan um, as just an easy example uh, that would make the show more interesting. It potentially could have made it better, um, but that really, we can't know. We can't. We we won't know. Um, and at least it would have it would have kind of changed the conversation. I think um, you know. But we and then when we criticize all- the show. I think it's more fair to criticize it for just not being good than not being what we what? thought it could have been. I think it's both. Yes. I think it's both of what you said. I think it's that uh, it's not uh, this sort of fantasy fictional. Well, what if they had done with Lewis Tan sort of Tan sort of premise? But it's also just whatever they had, they did not execute well. Like both of those things are true, right? It's and like, like, it's, like um, it's like Marvel. Sorry, We're disappointed that you didn't make a good show. We're also disappointed that you didn't take the opportunity to do something more interesting. Right. And like, in theory, a more interesting approach, you know, at least it would have been an interest, even if it were still as like sloppy as it is, at least it would have been sort of a much more interesting sloppy. And even then, if they were going to have Danny Rand, white guy 
who knows Kung Fu better than anyone else on the planet, um, which he doesn't, but you know, eventually, I guess three seasons in he will or something like that. That's the choice um, they decided to make. What if but, he was the shittiest but, Iron Fist? But I don't think they lead enough <laughs> into that. Like, be, I think that would have been a really interesting thing too, is like, here's our white Iron Fist. He sucks. Like, I, <laughs> There's I don't, a bunch I don't, of Asian people shaking their head at him. <laughs> right. Uh, but instead we have him like, like talking down to Colleen Wing, who has her own fucking dojo, you know, and like he's telling her how to fight and like when we've seen her in a cage and we're like nah, you're better than danny actually and like the like the dave was trying to talk to me about this about danny Rand being the worst iron fist and how that's an interesting choice that they made and it kind of is but i don't think they fully landed that premise because like i don't think the idea that he stole this power that shouldn't belong to him is really ultimately where the show is going to go. It's going to go where Danny learns more and does deserve the Iron Fist power. But it's not like we're watching a long, slow fall of someone who took a power that they were not ready or worthy of. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it depends because how much of this series do you think we're going to spend in Kunlun where the good Iron Fist needs to be? Like, if it's now the, you know, traveling mystical city that it sort of is occasionally in the comics, he doesn't need to be there. So he could just fuck off and they could, like, hate him. Uh, similar to basically what happened to the inhuman mysterious city in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where there was like, oh, wait, no, all these people actually hate us. I, I, I really loved that mystical X-Men city in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the... I think the smartest thing they could do, and I got shit for this on Twitter, is to cut their losses and kill Danny Rand and the Defenders series. <laughs> uh, and just be like and just be like, oh, we've made a huge mistake. Yeah, as much as as much as I <laughs> agree with that, um, I think that they they really have baked in a lot of the defenders into Iron Fist. And the defenders from a larger narrative standpoint, like with the hand and what's happening. It, it's really going to feel like Iron Fist season two, which I don't want, but we're going to get it anyway. Or Daredevil season three. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, um, my, my hope is that at the very least, they can offset the blandness of Finn Jones' Danny Rand with uh, the very, very good other people in the Defenders. So My hope we'll is see. that they just know what the character is and they're not so much worried about this development thing that they're talking about. Like we just skip the development that like iron fist serves up a half baked character defenders and defenders is like, no, we just want him to like iron fist. So Luke cage could throw him through a wall and like use him that way. Or we want him to like light the way with his weird iron fist, or we want him to heal Matt. So Claire can get some time off. Like, just using him as a team player, I think, would mean he wouldn't ruin the Defenders. That just, I'm not interested in seeing this character headline, like, anything. But, like, you know, rolling off someone's back or and punching down on somebody that, you know, Jessica Jones throws into the air. I'm, I'm down for that. Combo. Make him a combo user. <laughs> can, I, can I put forward one more, like, controversial um, opinion? Yes. Can you? Um, I can. May I? Yes. Um, I don't even think the Rosario Dawson like things, um, like that it's worth it. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, well, I just got to watch. Oh, Rosario Dawson's here. So like, it's all, it's all great. But like, it's funny because she's become the character that, um, you want to scream at during like the third act of this series where it's like, Hey, you know, those other friends you have that could probably help with all this shit that you've met already in like five other seasons. I know. Now why would be she, a good time. Why isn't she calling? Like, it's insane that she's not, I mean, Luke's in prison, I guess, but it's insane that she's not calling Matt, you know, and that like makes no sense. And I just like, I love Rosario Dawson in general, but I, I don't know that I love the character of Claire Temple. And I think it's just because she's constantly shoehorned into these like awkward situations. Cause she's put into this like weird connective tissue role that I just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not over the moon every time Rosario Dawson shows up, not because I don't like Rosario Dawson, but because I just think the Claire Temple thing doesn't it's, work for me. In contrast to the Jerry Hogarth thing, it's bad. Like the, 
when Carrie Ann Moss shows up on these shows, it's awesome. Like, cause she shows up for like 10 seconds, does her lawyer thing, clearly is having fun with it, and then disappears again. Was she in Luke Cage? No. Was she in Luke okay. Cage? Okay. So she's, so she's a main character in Jessica Jones, and then she, she just showed up. Daredevil, season two. Oh, I forgot about her in Daredevil season two. Right. Okay. Cause she's and then showed up in Iron Fist. She actually has a more, uh, like consistent connection with different characters. Yeah. Like she's a lawyer. It just like, makes more sense that she's there. Right. Versus like, since Claire Temple isn't running like an official broken home for like broken ser- superheroes or whatever, like, you know, it just like, it, it's, oh, what a crazy random happenstance. Claire Temple just keeps befriending all these like superheroes. It's, it's <laughs> well, weird to me. Having bit lived in New York, it seems like she's the only one that knows how to use public transportation. That's what that converts to because everyone else just stays <laughs> in their neighborhood and like, what? I'm going to go downtown to fight Madame Gao? Fuck that. Not she's unless the someone. Only, uh, <laughs> she's the only multi borough character. In the <laughs> exactly. Everyone well, else is like to- too afraid to go to that part of town. I wanted to chime in to to what uh, to support what Neil said earlier about sort of the atmosphere that um, you know Daredevil obviously has Hell's Kitchen and Luke Cage has Harlem and Jessica Jones is also Hell's Kitchen. I don't know if that that ruins my point, but um, Danny Rand's like Manhattan. Like what is what is this giving us? Nothing. Like uh, nothing. I think, I think down downtown Manhattan, and then I think Jessica Jones was like mid Midtown. But like it doesn't really feel like the the leaning into that whole like sense of place thing that I think Luke Cage especially did so well. Um, well, in their defense, they could have done it worse. They could have made it all about Chinatown. Um, there is a Chinatown parade for no reason, so people could get lost. <laughs> which it could have been a worse. great Chinatown trope. It could have been about the white guy defending Chinatown. That's a good point. <laughs> But like maybe you could have done that well. Like defending this is what I'm Chinatown about. from the ninjas. Yeah, what happened to the ninjas? Weren't, weren't the hand ninjas? Nobody's yeah, why ninja are they, in this. Why are they like doing samurai stuff now? Kung fu what? versus ninjas is much more interesting. I think. Like just the ninjas also have sharp things. Um, like what is the hand doing? What like what is the hand? What is the, what are you doing? The hand. It's like the PF Chang's. Like it's any sort of like Asian dish you could possibly want together. Like it's mushu pork. Like what the fuck? Sorry. Like pick an identity. <laughs> pick a purpose. Be organized crime, not disorganized crime. I want. Ugh. I want. Uh, if I'm if they're just gonna lean into it, if it's just gonna be pan Asian evil weirdness, I want Sigourney Weaver to smoke a hookah in the Defenders. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah, they're all going to be led by Sigourney Weaver, this Asian, this ambiguously Asian bad guy. Um, shouldn't Danny Rand, though, like, wouldn't it make better sense if he was, like, lived in Park Slope and, like, was a hipster? I don't know. Yeah, but then he wouldn't be able to get into his building. Oh, that's right. His building. Ooh, all right. And I well, think the, the Rand family actually lives off of, like, Gramercy Park, which... It holds up for them being ridiculously rich. Yeah. That's the building outside of the building that he scales. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, this is a sort of like maybe a way of wrapping up some like odds and ends. Uh, what what are the Iron Fist powers that you guys noticed? So like he could settle down dogs like Crocodile Dundee. The fist could block <laughs> things uh, like bullets. Uh, it could also burn through things because uh, he gets out of the straitjacket by like heating his fist, but then other times is is not. Uh, it could heal, uh, and then did, and he can no, punch. When is, he can when punch is, things. When his chi is blocked, when his it chi's doesn't block, work. It doesn't do anything. It uh, and then there was. But then later, when he was in handcuffs, like he unblocked his own chi just by thinking real hard. Sort of right. Like, well, yeah, but not by recharge. I guess it was blocked but charged. But then sometimes he uses it and he has to recharge whether or not it's blocked. Power up that fist. He's got to do the OA movements and recharge his chi. <laughs> On this week's episode of White People Try to Understand Chi. <laughs> It's like the the power meter on Super Street Fighter Alpha. Sadly, oh, just sadly, like- this is also the conversations that happen in the writers' room of Iron Fist. It just seemed like his chi being blocked was a big deal and a problem, and then he just thought about it real hard, and then it was unblocked. But like, not real hard, kind of hard in a hallway. 
And then it was unblocked in time for him to break out of his cuffs right. and punch people. He needs to learn the rest of the OA movements before he can. Like if his if his going. if his little glowy fists don't work because there's something wrong with him, like mentally or emotionally, he needs to have some sort of mental or emotional catharsis before. But that's not what happened. He was just like, "Well, this is terribly inconvenient. I'm in handcuffs. Let's better unblock that chi." Like what was that? What I ask mm. of you? Yeah, tough. One. Um. What else can Danny Rand do? Oh, not there's not pull off a beard. He, there's a okay. scene where he like flexes and the lights flicker. Oh yeah, they like a, the that they like the natural lights all over him when he hits the home run of conquering his fears. <laughs> the sports movie reference, Joanna. I got, so very. Thanks. <laughs> it's also a Robert Redford movie, so I probably didn't need to reference it. So no, nope, I got it. The natural. He's a natural. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What wonder fist? What? Hey, hey, I like that one much better than <laughs> Effie fist emoticon. Boo earns. Um. Oh God, Iron Fist. It took it. Uh, it's slipping from my memory actively because even like now when I'm trying to go back and pick out things that I like had a problem with, or even just m- figure out how the storylines were layered, I feel it like slipping through. Like I feel like I watched three hours worth of content over thirteen hours, um, and that's not. It's not good. Here's here's my. Here's what I'll say about it. Um, here's the hill that I'm going to die on, and it's not about Danny Rand being white. It's about this. If Netflix makes a bad TV show, you don't have to keep watching it. And this is a, something that I think most people like don't believe. They believe if they start a Netflix show, they have to finish a Netflix show. Or if they start a Marvel property, they have to f- finish it in order to understand the next thing. And I'm here to tell you... You don't owe them that. You don't owe them 13 hours of your life. This is a bad show. You don't have to watch it. Or if you like it, watch it. Great. But it's a, I think it's a bad show. If you start it and you don't like it, you should stop watching it. Because there's like a million other shows you could be watching that are much better. And you deserve that. Fargo so. Season 2 is on Hulu, apparently. Fargo Season 2 is on Hulu. Fargo Season 3 is on deck. You can watch Leftover Season 2 to get ready for Leftover Season 3. Like, there's just a lot of stuff, guys. But you do not have to watch the story of The Ballad of Danny Rand. So. Isn't also, like, Enter the Dragon on Netflix? There's some Bruce Lee on Netflix right now. I know because it's like, you might also like. I'm like, I might also like. Are you kidding? It's like, <laughs> uh, you've tried this, but have you ever tried chocolate on this? Jesus Christ, Netflix. All right. Uh Guys, any final thoughts on Iron Fist before we we move on? Uh, it really like really highlights how poorly they use Jessa Henwick in Game of Thrones, does it not? Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> you know what? That's a positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, overall thoughts: not great, Bob. Yeah, not great. Not yeah. great, Bob. No one's going to be revisiting good old Iron Fist season one, even for the fights. Even for the, I'll I'll revisit like the bad parts of Daredevil season two just for the fights, but not not the case for Danny Rand. Poor Danny Rand. All right, guys. Sorry, Danny. Next week, Neil, what do we have on deck? Next week is a mystery, <gasps> such as life. Life is always a mystery. Uh, uh, we have not, you know, we don't have anything to announce yet, but we will have a show next week. So don't don't take that as we're not going to do an episode. We will do an episode. We just uh, are debating on what we should talk about. So, um, you know, if you, you want to take ch- a week off homework, if you yes. uh, joined us and slogged through 13 hours of Iron Fist, you right. take, take a week off. We have no homework, although I will say that you should be watching Legion, whether we cover it or not, because Legion is getting really good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Shadow King, guys. Yes. I think Some I talked about cool Shadow King hypothesizing Shadow King, and it's it's going to come to pass. I think today, today when you're listening to this. Yes. <laughs> yes. The the this week's episode of Legion is excellent. It's bonkers bananas. Bonkers great. banana balls. Excellent. Even more bonkers banana balls than last week's episode of Legion, which was pretty bonkers. Uh, so yeah. So we'll we'll see you back uh, next week for um, TBD. TBD. So until something is determined, where can people find more of our work online? Miss Joanna Robinson. 
Uh, you can find me on VanityFair.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. You can listen to me on the Gen Pop podcast this week. I will not be having any Daves, but I will be having a Katie Rich. What? Ooh. I know. Do, does Joanna even exist without a Dave? We'll find out. Uh, and Mr. Neil Miller. <laughs> uh, you can find me on FilmSchoolRejects.com. You can Get me on the Twitter at Rejects. Also, be sure to subscribe to One Perfect Pod, my new podcast, on which there will be a Dave. Hey! Uh, <laughs> my my first episode of The Big Idea, which is part of the One Perfect Pod channel. Uh, we're going to talk Power Rangers, and it's going to be super fun. And uh, also, don't forget to follow the show at Storm of Spoilers and email us if you have questions, comments, suggestions for next week. Spoilers at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget to take that uh, Wondery survey. You guys know the link. Yeah. I'm uh, Dave Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash DA7E. Right now, go to my page to read my Muppet interview I did for Neil and Film School Rejects. I got to interview four of the original Muppet Show inter- uh, uh, and Muppeteers, and it was like a highlight of my life. Uh, go check it out now, because as soon as I'm able to get my, uh, like, history of power rangers article up on thrillist.com this week for the release of power rangers i will and that will become the pinned thing the the moral is even if you don't use twitter like maybe it's too you know just overwhelming for you you could still go to twitter.com slash da7e look at what i have pinned it's always great i guarantee it uh so your money then, back yeah or your or your money back <laughs> uh contact your cable provider uh not me uh so until next week guys when we'll see you in the mystery show uh have a great week maybe by not watching iron fist yeah.